It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Keeping up with the Biden theme of the day, theme of the week of executive orders covering various agendas that the left, climate crisis, health care, racial equity, and tomorrow, immigration, and more. President Biden signed more executive orders in one week than the past five or six presidents combined, not by a few, not by a couple, by a significant margin if you combine them all. And it's what those executive orders do in sense they are one in one, an attempt to make law change regulation rather than the process that's required in our system, in our constitution, that our legislative branch makes law. Now, we can at times disagree with the laws they make, but regular order, separation of powers, and abuse of executive orders, which can be used for good or bad, like any other tool of government or the executive, is the debate. Representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina's 5th District joins me now. The laundry list, the theme of the day, the theme of the week, Representative Norman, and also today, health care. Today, we see not Obama-like, and we see this coming back. Yeah, you know, it really is a abuse of uh, authority, if you want to call it that. To I think he's up to 33 executive order, orders now, uh, David. And, you know, the arrogance that they're doing it, the speed that they're doing it is like none other that we've seen. The uh, Some of the just the abuse that he is putting through, and that's the only word I can I can call it, which is just abuse that he's using, not calling us back in session. Uh, she's Miss Pelosi has changed the lineup on when we meet. We were supposed to meet this past week, and we'll go in next week. And then I think we're out for an extended period of time. They don't want honest debate. They don't want anything to go through regular order. They don't want anything exposed. And, you know, it's up to us as elected conservatives to shine a light on it and that's what we're going to do well shining a light on it bringing it to you know the attention of the american people what we do here and what i know you've done in the past now let's talk about efficacy they have the majorities in the house obviously slim but they have the majority that means the majority that means they have the chairmanships and the republicans I'll say this, are at a a loss looking from the outside, even though fractured into different uh, areas of the party post-election, on how to counter and challenge Pelosi. I mean, how does this get, uh, how does the Republicans challenge and succeed? Is it possible? Well, you know, in, in the business arena, you can talk about your problems, but at the end of the day, you've got to come up with solutions. We are where we are. You're right. Ms. Pelosi controls all the committees. They have a uh, slim majority. But what we've got to do is just lay it out there with special orders when we're in session, when we're out of session. I mean, I'm increasing my media budget by double 
to do podcasts, to do uh, teletown halls, to, to show the American people how this affects them. I mean, look at what they've done um, with 11 million uh, illegal immigrants coming across the border. Uh, what's that going to do to our hospitals? What's that going to do to the COVID crisis? Uh, you know, including non-citizens on the census. What's that going to do uh, to everybody uh, on the congressional reapportionment? Uh, Keystone Pipeline, you know, thousands of people laid off. What's that going to do to our gas prices? $15 minimum wage. What, that's, what is that going to do for that college student who's not going to be able to get a job because you can't afford it? Um, you know, the list just goes on and on. But, you know, we can't just complain about it. We've got to do whatever we can do. And I, I'll agree, it's going to be... It's going to be tough, but it gives me more incentive to make sure in uh, 17 months when the primaries come around that we put people in office that have the best interests of the American people. That's not not what's taking place now, and that's why we've got to go to work in doing that. I, along with others in the Freedom Caucus, will go all over the country recruiting and getting candidates that um, can revert, can take the gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hands. That's what we've got to do. That's the only way we're going to stop it. Well, that's okay. So that's the federal level. And, you know, your point that take well taken. That's how the system works uh, at the state level. And, you know, we have the state delegations, obviously the congressional delegation, but we have the state legislators. And it, there was a red wave of elections of state legislators. So will you and your fellow members in Congress work more closely and at the state level, there are oftentimes something that can be done to blunt the impact of some of these federal regulations. There can, if nothing else, be a fight to stall them until you have a shot at taking back the House. So is there a strategy being developed here to work with state legislators and state delegations? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got redistricting coming up. We got to pay attention to how that's done. We we can't we can't uh, put our head in the sand when and allow Eric what Eric Holder or Barack Obama did at the end of 2016, and basically rig the uh, elections to their favor, blame it on COVID, and uh, you know extend voting deadlines, mail-in ballots, all of that that caused problems. Uh, what I'm going to do, uh, aside from pointing out how the federal legislation done via executive order is affecting their lives, I'm going to call on the state legislatures to get very involved with opposing any tax increase uh, because it's the businesses that have been shut down. And, and we've got to get the – I'm going to advocate for the businesses to be reopened, uh, schools to go back uh, into regular session. Uh, the oxygen that keeps businesses afloat are opening up and selling your product. And fortunately, in South Carolina, we've had a governor who has done that. Not so lucky in North Carolina. But all of this goes to, to the point it is interrelated because of the supply chains that are affected. And we've got to point that out. Uh, secondly, we've got to have uh, increases in law enforcement. Uh, you know, instead of defund the police, we've got to fund them. And I'm going to go for active uh, increases, the same that they gave judges and solicitors two years ago. I will ask for the exact same raise, and I think it was 20, 20 or 25%. Every police force, 
uh, Highway Patrol uh, is running short on manpower. Why would you want to serve today? And we've got to get the pay up. That's the first step. And if you're not safe, uh, then it kind of negates everything else. South Carolina, we're going to have a lot of people coming into our state. I have never in my life seen the New York license plates and the California plates as I have over the last two weeks. So yeah, we've look, got to get, real we've got to get back to basics. Florida, as Governor Cuomo, as I tweeted out this morning, uh, let, let's go into a, an area where you, uh, Representative Norman, sit in Congress. And you're on the Committee on Homeland Security. I, at last I checked, that hasn't changed. I just had a conversation with the former acting ICE director, Tom Homan, and we were talking about law enforcement at the local level, the effect of the Biden administration's executive orders re reenacting catch and release, release of illegals in detention. I mean, they, they've, they've cleverly crafted a policy that pushes illegals and criminals back onto the streets of South Carolina. So you say working with law enforcement, helping law enforcement. Again, I bring up the point of working with the legislators at the state level to make sure things get done. And when you look at that issue, those are your constituents that will face increased criminality. Exactly. Um, Look what happened in Charleston. People that say that it doesn't come to the southern states. Charleston had a riot, tore up King Street, which is a historic district in Charleston. We've got to give the police departments, one, the funding, two, the the moral support, because we can't allow what New York and uh, Chicago and Portland and other areas across the country to get like that. Uh, criminals do criminal things, and they've got to be put behind bars. The Biden administration does not agree with that, nor does uh, the Vice President Harris. Uh, But I wish you could have been with me in the chambers when you had Democrats and Republicans, and the Democrats who were, were, you know, we were all trying to get out of there alive, uh, they sure wouldn't defund the police uh, that, the Capitol Hill police that, that protected all of us, yet they're the very ones that will not say one word about what is happening to the police force across the country, whether it's uh, releasing criminals and not not speaking out against that. It's it's a double standard that we've right. got to fight. But it also points out and, the hypocrisy of, of what it is. Let's face it, it, defund the police, all of this. Democrats have an almost admirable Machiavellian march to achieve their goals. And coming from this audience and from me personally over the years, we see Republicans often fractured, divisive, and not focused enough to move forward step by step and achieve their goals. I'm a fan of Jim Brown football, 10 yards in a cloud of dust. Keep going towards the end zone. Again, Machiavellian-like admiration that the Democrats can say defund the police, but yet use them for protection. And then the people out here, the Patriot audience says, okay, Republicans, where's your battle strategy? Where's your battle rhythm? And how do you come out of this with a win? Well, it starts with calling them out on it. I mean, it's it's ironic that the wall that's around the Capitol with fencing that the Democrats didn't say worked, all of a sudden it works to protect them. 
it's ironic that the security force that Ms. Pelosi and uh, has, all the leadership has, both Democrat and Republican. It's interesting that those that that uh, claim, you know, guns don't work, security doesn't work. Look at the ten and twelve people that are around them when they get on and off airport. Yeah, but they airplanes. don't care. This is this is the thing. They don't care. We've seen this over decades. At least I have. They don't care. Because they'll say whatever is necessary here on the right hand or left hand, we'll call it that, and then do what is ever is is required on the other hand. So whether they have 10, 12, a dozen or two around them, they can still go out and say, we're going to abolish, reimagine, do whatever when it comes to law enforcement. And it's 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 why people are frustrated out here. And why I'm look, you come on the show, we have frank talks, and I appreciate that. But the American people, this audience, millions of people who listen to the show, are looking back at Congress and saying the Republicans need a better effective strategy rather than just countering the Democrats with their hypocrisy because they don't care about their hypocrisy. Well, that I can see the frustration, David, but uh, two things. One, other than maybe maybe Fox News, tell me what what media outlet gives fair coverage to our point of view. Very little. I mean, Newsmax, where do you go? What American news is out there? There are websites, there are various podcasts you talk about expanding your media presence and I look, I I have no qualms with you on that. You you have made those efforts to go out and get the message across. You know, there there's a lot of Republicans, I'll be frank with you, that I won't have on the show because they simply give me the same old talking points in line and then I have to sit there. I have to be honest with my audience and ask the question, did you get any anything out of this interview that says that you believe these Republicans are going to move forward with the Republican agenda. Well, let me, let me tell you this. I, with, with what I'm seeing now with the Freedom Caucus, we went from 30 to, to 40. This new class has come in that's narrowed the gap between Republicans and Democrats. We were 116 Congress, I think it was 232 Democrats to 197 Republicans. We're now uh, 226, I think. We got a seven vote difference. We've closed the gap. Now, it's up to us to move forward and replace the people that you're talking about. I have no problem uh, recruiting candidates. In fact, one of, my, one of the fun things that, that I'm going to be doing is raising money and going anywhere in this country to make up the difference so we can take the gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hands. The only way you deal with these people is beat them. And I would urge your audience... Uh, that's listening to this. Part of my frustration when I ask people to run for office, uh, that would be great. They've got a business background. They don't have any, uh, uh, they don't need anything out of Washington. They don't want anything. Their response to me is, no, I need you to do it. Well, I, we need, this is a, at this point in juncture of this history of our country, if we don't Take it back and get get our voice back. Get people to volunteer. I mean, it's tough to run for office. It's tough to serve. But is our country worth it? Yes. So uh, we've narrowed the gap with taking the the gavel away from her. And uh, I'm intent, as well as the 40 others, at least with the Freedom Caucus, we don't care. We don't, uh, I mean, we don't care about the, the backlash that we get and are going to get, the banning. We're going to move forward. That's our goal. Uh, but 
we've had one hand tied behind our back because it doesn't get exposed. How many tough questions has this president answered? How many well, questions look, about Hunter Biden's financial he, I mean, it just doesn't happen. They're not going into that. They're Frank Biden in Boca Raton. His law firm is stating his relationship to the president as they get ready to put another corruptocrat regime in place even more. Here's a question for you, Representative Norman, as we wrap up here. Uh, this coming from, from one of the listeners. Uh, where are the laws suits for usurpation of powers by the executive over congressional uh over the congress i mean are is the republican caucus whether the freedom or others going to fight these federal this federal overreach with uh the executive and the executive orders the democrats engage in lawfare the end goal is wrong, as I believe, and I believe you do for the Democrats, but the Republicans can use the same tactics to affect, at least challenge this president. Will we see that out of Congress? Yes, you will. And that's going to be one of the debates we have when we reconvene this week, this coming week, to do just what the Democrats did to President Trump for four years, obstruct in every way possible, uh, and, and file the lawsuits necessary to stop uh, this this unlawful uh, takeover of our government. Uh, the American people don't realize what's coming their way, but the answer to your question is well, absolutely. I think they actually and This audience does 75 million people, which is 11 million more than voted for Trump in the first election. They've seen what's coming or else they wouldn't have cast their votes. And now they're demanding that the Republican Party stand up and continue. And the people who went against the president who helped tear this president down in the Republican Party are as guilty as the Democrats because it affects the on. average everyday American. Liz Cheney has got to go. Uh, those who, you know, went to the other side. I mean, to have our conference chair uh, being hoisted up in dialogue as being uh, such a great person as Steny Hoyer did with Liz Cheney is unacceptable. And she's got to be accountable. But no, I mean, there's, we've got to have that honest debate. And, and guess what? The 74 million aren't going anywhere. The 74 million and plus are not going anywhere. But I need all the help I can get with voicing for, for those Americans, voice their opinion on the local level, uh, state level, and then ultimately pressure every one of us to um, to take the opportunity to use our voice uh, to make change. What else can we do? We owe it to the American people. And I say that sincerely. Well, I believe you do. You've always been straightforward with me on and off here, and I appreciate that. Uh, Representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina's 5th District. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, David. Appreciate what you do. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.